I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. So, folks, if you're listening to stuff they don't want you to know, then uh, it's fair to assume that you have heard of Nikola Tesla. I probably heard all sorts of things about him, and some of the weirdest stuff is true. But have you heard of the subject of today's classic episode, Thomas Henry Moray? Oh, yes, we have. You mean zero point energy? You mean the fabled thing that has been chased for centuries? How can we create a machine that puts out more energy than it takes in? Hmm. Is it even possible? So let's find out what exactly Thomas Henry Murray was up to. And was he the next Nikola Tesla? Here it is. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I am Ben. And we are both suffering from some kind of cold. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I think we've been working a little too closely on these episodes, Ben. Maybe, yeah, because uh, we both got hit with the same uh, viral thing. Um, Whatever it is, it's yeah. constricting uh, everything above my neck. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's not really... Look, that's not a transition, guys, listening to this. We're just, we just want to let you know. That's why we sound a little weird. Speaking uh, of fantastic segues, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, one, one thing that is funny is that whenever one of us is under the weather, um, 
you know how listeners, when you're under the weather and you have a sore throat, uh, you notice that you get the Batman voice, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm not wearing hockey pads or whatever <laughs> that line was. But yes, today uh, we return to you having narrowly avoided death's door and still not quite up to 100%. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't wait to get back onto the podcast and to talk about a subject that was fascinating from the moment you introduced it, Matt. And this one is something that you came up with. Uh, could you give us an introduction here? Sure. Uh, this week we've been looking at suppressed energy. We started with Tesla, mm. uh, one of our oldest videos, and we're really interested in this subject because this seems to be energy and electricity and the gathering of it seems to be one of the most important things that exists for humanity. Um, your computer like the computer that just made that noise, it would not be here if we couldn't efficiently get energy somewhere and yeah. store it. Uh, okay, so this a lot of people know about Nikola Tesla. A lot of mm-hmm. people know about Thomas Edison. There are a lot of big names out there. Sure, yeah. Um, but there are people who wanted to try different unconventional ways to harness energy, to deploy energy to the public. And one of these guys, his name was Thomas Henry Moray. And you you may have heard of him, but probably not. And we're going to talk about him today. Yeah. Uh, so who was Thomas Henry Moray? Well, he was born in August in 1892. Uh, let's both high five. Matt, you and I were both born in August. Not um, of 1892. Not of 1892, as far as we know. Uh, so... Uh, Mr. Murray graduated the Latter-day Saints Business College. He became an engineer, uh, getting a Ph.D. via correspondence courses at the University of Uppsala. And uh, for decades, he was tinkering with these ideas of uh, alternative energy following the lead of uh, Tesla, who was one of his uh, personal inspirations. Yeah, so this is huge for me. And- as much as we admire Tesla right now, imagine if you were not a necessarily a contemporary, but you know, you're aware of Tesla and yeah. you're aware of his research and it's kind of current and you're like, Oh man, how can I expand on this? Especially if you were uh, bright enough as this gentleman apparently was. Right. That's yes. awesome. Now we have to get also, you'll notice as we go forward that we are putting in a healthy dose of apparently, allegedly's, and reportedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in sometime in the 1920s, Murray um, began demonstrating what he called a radiant energy device to various people. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this thing's kind of interesting. It's a solid-state detector, at least that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. Um, he he termed, he coined the term a Murray valve, and... Okay, so here, let's just go through how it works, Ben. Okay. So, allegedly, it stimulates, this is kind of weird, stimulates oscillations that are already existent in the radiant energy from space. So, the energy that's coming in from the sun, um, other stars that just exist out there from the ionosphere, Mm -hmm. that idea of harnessing that radiant energy that's just there. Oh, yeah, like the, the, that idea of energy... Uh, the idea of some energy from the heavens. He's not the first person to do that. And no. We know he's not the last. But the the oscillation thing then would be that this energy is coming to Earth from space in waves. Yes, okay. and somehow being able to harness those waves. So he he had a bunch of antenna that were connected to 
basically high voltage capacitors, uh, some semiconductors, some transformers. And well, I guess we'll look at this a little later. Okay. Um, but it means that the device was allegedly able to convert this ambient radiant energy into some form of usable electricity. Ah, okay. So if we think about the way that a hydropower generator is able to harness the tides to generate energy, right? Yeah, well, in in that case, you've got the physical movement of waves, right? Right, yeah. And tides. Yeah. Uh, uh, in this case, you're dealing with something a little more... I was going to say esoteric, but yeah. uh, harder to grasp. Yeah, if it's if it's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the most popular tests that you will hear about when you read about Murray or talk about Murray is that this Murray valve apparently ran for 157 hours nonstop one time, generating around 50 kilowatts of power, and it had no connection to conventional power sources. This is a great bar story already. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, well, uh, so yeah. here, here's the crazy thing, Ben. Mm. There were a ton of contemporary or at least a handful of contemporary experts at the time that got to take a look at this device. And they said, OK, well, it's working. Something's happening. Yeah. You're getting electricity. But they couldn't explain how the heck it worked. Right. And these were uh, engineers, journalists, Apparently, officials from various uh, companies like Bell Laboratories or government agencies like the Department of Agriculture and someone even, according to Moray, disassembled and rebuilt the device and got it working, you know, because it's a solid state uh, detector. So you can take apart these things and then put them back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that is true, that's an extraordinary Test because you know even even today if you look on YouTube where teardown videos are so popular yeah that's really how you demystify stuff but what okay so we said we're going to go back more detail on this device so what what exactly were they tearing apart what is the Moray device or well let's start with what it was not and what it was not was a perpetual motion machine or at least an alleged perpetual motion machine ah yep he he even explicitly said that it was not this. So, okay, well, let's talk about what a perpetual motion machine is, I guess. Right. Okay. Um, so a- as far as we know, that's not possible. A machine that you could, that would not be connected up to any, uh, at least known energy source that right. would be able to create power, some form of usable work mm-hmm. uh, in perpetuity. That right. d- we That currently does not exist, uh, at least to our knowledge, and it cannot exist because it would violate the thermodynamic laws. Right. Four laws uh, describing the characteristics of closed systems. Without going too far into this, um, the laws of thermodynamics are some of the most well-established laws in, in, the, in the world of physics, primarily because Almost everything we observe, pretty much everything we've observed so far, seems to uh, substantiate the existence of these these principles. Now, we had an interesting moment because you and I did a vlog earlier in the week on the types of perpetual motion machines, whether someone has invented them or not. And we had some great responses on YouTube um, 
some some of you, if you are watching our YouTube shows as well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some of you raised some really cool and interesting points with some stuff we want to follow up on. One of the big ones we got that I want to address directly is um, the notion that the universe itself is a perpetual motion machine. However, the tricky word here, as I think we say, is mm-hmm. the word perpetual, in perpetuity. Right. Forever and ever and ever, amen. That, uh, that, from what we understand about the observable universe is not, is at least not going to happen with our universe due to the, um, unstoppable build of entropy. Yeah. You can't stop entropy. At least we can't do it yet. Right. That, well, that's the thing. There, there, with our universe, at least our current models, there was an, an insertion of energy, a, a energy a point where the energy expanded. Right, and if, if the Big Bang happened. If yeah. the Big Bang happened, which is our currently our best model, sure, yeah. uh, there was energy input, and it's going to go and move. Like the, it, It's going to continue to grow and expand, and then we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, if we want to space out a little bit, I know this is a tangent, but then we could also look at it, um, look at the universe from a bigger bigger picture than the big bang oh. and that would be like the big bang and then a big crunch yeah. and another big bang so this series of oscillating universe if you will uh universes i guess or it's one big wave man it's, it's got one- a crest and then it comes <laughs> back down it's crazy yeah man um, oh true detective second season please get here faster <laughs> well yeah, we'll see what they say uh if they if they have that wouldn't it be cool if uh rust made a cameo Oh, please. I don't think he can, though, no, because it wouldn't it's, work. it's different a different timeline. time period. Okay. Well, no spoilers. If you haven't watched it, check it out uh, without kids in the room. Dude, we should start getting paid to do that kind of thing. What? Talk about shows that we... Yeah, that like. I love. How do we do that? I don't know. I feel like it's payment enough for us to do it that way, because if someone was paying us to say that we like the show... That we didn't like. Yeah, see, that's that's not. I don't happen. know if I'd be comfortable doing it. And that's not going to happen. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, 
Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. So we are not being paid to endorse True Detective. We just enjoy it. Yeah, and, sorry about that. <laughs> right, yeah, sorry about that, us. But, <laughs> but uh, anyhow, so Murray, there he is. And you say, no, you guys are being dicks. This is not a perpetual motion machine because it's receiving external energy from this unidentified source that modern human beings have yet to use. And it's called, It's. it might be confusing for some of us right now to hear it called uh, alternately a radiant energy device, and we're describing these antennas, these semiconductors and stuff, but why is it called a valve? Well, it's called a valve because the most important part of it is is this valve, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, bear with us here. Okay. So the valve itself, it's made of this kind of, uh, quote, a mixture of triboluminescent zinc, a semiconductor material and a radioactive or fissile material formed in a rounded pellet inside a tube. Yeah, and we're going to keep going with some quotations here for for the description of this this alleged machine. So the antenna on the Murray device could vary, but they were always going to be built out of some highly conductive metal, and the valve inside was functioning as a diode or diode of sort, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's the part where it gets pseudoscience-y, if it mm-hmm. hasn't already, for all the for all the physics majors yeah. who are already throwing Rolling stuff eyes. in the room. Yeah, get ready. Reset your eyes because they, they may roll pretty crazily here. Um, so according to Murray, when the machine was tuned to the resonance of zero-point energy in the area, this energy flowed through the antenna and to the valve. The valve acted kind of as a one-way gate, so it trapped the energy feeding the load of the machine. Once the ma- This meant that the matter in the vicinity of the machine was out of equilibrium and the zero-point energy was not returning, creating an energy vacuum. So to restore this equilibrium, energy would flow toward the vacuum and in the process create a greater capacity for this valve to pump electricity. All right, all right, I'm lost already. Right. That so- sounds... So it's, again, uh, I'll take another water example, okay? Okay. So think of a water wheel. That's a very clever invention. It's not a perpetual motion machine, and it's powered by an external source of energy, right? Mm -hmm. Water moving. So when, uh, when this 
When the water from a stream or creek or whatever hits the water wheel, it fills up the series of Ferris wheel things, right, mm-hmm. in the in, on the wheel. And I'm sure there's a specific name for them, you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm usually better at these. And then um, the motion of the water pushes the wheel, and then the weight of the water returning brings it back down. So it's kind of a a loop. In that regard, that's the idea. I, I guess so. But with invisible cosmic energy. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, mm. yeah, and of course, then in this case, it would be the idea of an energy vacuum rather than gravity powering part of the process. But here's the thing. We don't know. We can't, no matter how many times it was demonstrated back then, we will never get to see that device in action. That's correct. That's because it was destroyed. And it was reportedly because Moray basically decided not to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't want to disclose the plans to build one of these things. Um, so either, either the big business, quote, big business. Right. Like Bell or Laboratories or anyone interested in energy yeah, sure. and monetizing it. Um, or communists, Russia, mm-hmm. perhaps, uh, somebody, mm-hmm. somebody he, he didn't want someone to get their hands on it. Yeah. Allegedly. And uh, anyway, today's children are still trying to figure out how to use this device and to recreate it. Oh, I have uh, some interesting, let's call them again, bar stories okay. about about how this went down. So That's really what the show is, by the way, bar stories. Yeah, we're uh, podcasting from, we turn the audio studio into a bar. Noel's got this button that he pushes uh, he's a killer tender, man. He's really good. Yeah, and the uh, the shelves flip. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, we yeah. have we have all sorts of uh, drinks that you Whiskey thought for days, right? And drinks that you thought weren't real things, like that Victory Gin from 1984. It is terrible. <laughs> it's so it's so bad. Winston was right. It's not cool. Uh, but <laughs> but, uh, but we have other things. So anyway, here we are in a bar. Where uh, where else would be more appropriate for? The stories that we're about to say. So the story goes that Murray was, we talk about this in our episode, that Murray was involved with something called the Rural Electrification Agency or Association of Service, and they were infiltrated by uh, the Reds. If I could have some dramatic music, Noel. Yeah, they totally just infiltrated. Perfect. We just got infiltrated. That was how good that was. So, uh... His assistant turned out to be one of these communist agents, and it was apparently his assistant who destroyed it. But Murray also said that he, his wife, and his children were harassed and threatened by people who wanted to uh, give up the technology because it could be weaponized. You know, that's a common theme uh, with new forms of energy, new forms of harnessing energy. Uh, the idea of persecution, be yeah, being harassed by some external force. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, right, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> so, uh, so we do know that uh, one of the first things you do if you're an inventor in that day and age, and you want to legitimize yourself, so you're not just, uh, you know, Doctor P. Slickawilly selling snake oil or whatever. Doctor P. Slickawilly. I don't know. It sounded made up. I like uh, it. And. Uh, he, uh, we, we do know that Maria applied for a patent. You go to the patent mm-hmm. office, you lock your idea down, but he was not given a patent, um, for two reasons. First, the device used a cold cathode rather than a hot one, which scientific 
understanding of the day said a cold cathode would be silly. Mm-hmm. Who are you, Dr. Slickwilly? And second, <laughs> um, Ray could not, as, as you said earlier, Matt, he couldn't define the source or nature of this energy. Well, yeah. And maybe that's the nature of discovering a new form of energy. You can't really describe it unless you give it a name. Or maybe it wasn't real. Anyway. Yeah. So let's get into a concept here that we're going to talk about in our upcoming episode. Something called zero point energy. Oh, yeah. What the hell is it, right? Well, according to Scientific American, this is a real thing. And it's just a, a an unavoidable part of quantum physics. And people have been studying this since the 1920s. And basically since the discovery of quantum physics. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. And, uh, we've got a, we've got a quotation here from that article, uh, by a fellow named John Obinan, Obinan, a material science researcher at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. And he's got a pretty good explanation of zero point, right? Mm-hmm. He says, zero point energy refers to random quantum fluctuations in the electromagnetic and other force fields that are present everywhere in the vacuum. In other words, an empty vacuum is actually a seething cauldron of energy. This energy is present even at the absolute zero temperature, negative 273 Celsius, and of course, even when no matter is present. The effect of these vacuum fields has been detected just barely. The effect is very tiny by the attraction they induce in a capacitor, which is really just two close parallel metal plates. So, uh, two plates together and then you can detect a chain or, uh, what is it? I, I really don't, I can't wrap my head around it. But. Right. You can, uh, you can detect that there is energy or movement of some sort between the two plates. Right. Okay. Yeah. And the, so, so I guess what we're saying is that zero point energy has that cool name, uh, not just because it's a cool name, but because it is meant to describe the lowest possible energy that a quantum mechanical system can have after all of the other energy is removed. Yeah, even in a vacuum. Right. So scientists still don't completely understand the nature of this, but it is real. And, you know, for um, for our physics majors who have maybe destroyed your apartment in anger, listening to this or, or cracked your dashboard. Um, we, we hope that this is uh, a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. And also, honestly, when you get to the fringes of theoretical physics, which we're, we're branching toward with this, when mm-hmm. you get to the fringes of this sort of, this sort of mental exercise, it becomes very close to, uh, metaphysics and philosophy. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And magic. Yeah, <laughs> because we can't explain it yet. The only reason it's still magic is we can't explain it. Oh, yet. the old Arthur C. Clarke quotation. Arthur right? C. Clarke, buddy, all day. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. So there's a problem with uh, zero-point energy, right? Yes. The problem is that even if we can harness this energy and make use of it somehow, it seems to be so low energy that it's the lowest form currently that we can that we know of energy, then how is it going to be useful? How are we going to be able to harness enough of it to actually make an, an impact on human life? Ah, uh, okay, and here we have another quotation the zero-point energy cannot be harnessed in the traditional sense. The idea of zero-point energy is that there is a finite minimum amount of motion, or more accurately, kinetic energy in all matter, even at absolute zero. Again, negative 273 Celsius. For example, chemical bonds continue to vibrate in predictable ways, but releasing the energy of this motion is impossible because then the molecule would be less left with less than the minimum amount that the laws of quantum physics require it to have. That's okay. Trippy. Yeah. All right. So, <sighs> so again, we're, yeah. we're stuck on the laws yeah. and, and the, the, you know, the, the laws are there because they're the closest we have to an absolute, right? Right. Uh, and I only say closest because it's almost impossible to be 100% certain, right? Uh, yeah. We, we, we can always be 99.99997% uh, sure that something is going to happen. But well, there's yeah, always yeah. that chance. That point oh 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 three. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever it is. How many zeros? How many yeah. nines? Um, yeah, and here's... Here's what's interesting, however. We do know that um, even the ironclad laws may be completely revolutionized or reinterpreted mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, in the span of our lifetimes. If we look at how recent 
the human exploration of the the physical world is in the, in this sort of regard and in over the span of civilization let alone you know the span of earth itself mm-hmm. not to mention the universe then this is a very recent understanding that that we're trying to arrive at and we know that there have been other forms of alternative uh energy proposed that don't have the same proof that ZPE has oh yeah we We've looked at a couple of these. You might remember Vril Energy. Which I love. V-R-I-L. Love it. Uh, you might associate that with <clears throat> Nazis mm-hmm. and the idea that they're, you know, I, I, I guess it's just another word for kind of the same thing, being able to pull energy from the right. ether. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to harness an energy that just exists there. And that goes back as well to that, that concept goes back as well to the, uh, to ancient Indian and Near Eastern societies and yep. legends of, you know, aerial warfare on these machines powered by some sort of mysterious anti-gravity. There are even paintings of them. Yes. And we, uh, Matt and I are going to probably be returning to some Nazi stuff in the next few months. I, I yeah, let's say months. Just act surprised when it happens. <laughs> um and then we we also uh have talked about one of uh your favorites, right? Uh Willem Reich and the Orgone energy. Oh man, you can get lost on YouTube watching videos about Orgone uh, energy. Yeah. If you the the thing is um that if you just Focus your what what your sexual prowess yeah. in the in the appropriate directions and with the appropriate mindset, then you too can change the world. <sighs> yeah, you can burst clouds, you can put them back together. Um, but when it's lost, at least some of the recent videos I've watched have lost that sexual part that was originally there in Willem Reich's thing. Right. And now it's just about crystals and metals and mm-hmm. arranging them. And resonance. Yeah. Now we, we also, we should point out that we have, we have a video that touches on Vril, but we have some stuff just about Willem Reich. And if you want to, if you want to learn more about that, those videos are a great starting point because, uh, something really strange, we're not going to tell you what in this episode, but something very strange happens to him and his research uh, toward the end of his life. And it's absolutely proven and it's not a secret. Yeah. So you'll have to hopefully go to our website, stuffthatwantyouknow.com or YouTube to check it out. Weird stuff happens to people who are exploring new energy. That is true. Now it's time for us to separate some fact and some fiction here. So here's a fact. At this point, nobody, and I mean nobody, has satisfactorily reproduced this device or a similar device that, that we know of. Yes. <laughs> Pub- nobody's publicly done that. And it should be noted that many of the things we're talking about here come directly from Moray's books and writings, and uh, several of them are available online. So if you're interested in this stuff, you want to learn more about it, you can actually get Moray's stuff. Right, yeah. The his uh, his most popular book, I think The Sea in Which Earth Floats or, or uh it's something like that. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it specifically in our video. Uh that book itself is not available to read for free online, as far as I know, but he has several other shorter books that are um, based on lectures he gave mm-hmm. that that do uh, do address this, um, 
The patent office has yet to award Moray successors, though from what we could find, they do keep the patent uh, current, so the application current, mm-hmm. rather. So they have been trying to uh, get this patent. So here's a fact. One of the, one of the biggest topics here that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. is technology suppression. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge conspiracy, but it's also fact because it, if you just think about the, the monetary goals and the consequences that would, that would occur if someone could bring out some kind of new, cheap, maybe even free energy that could be harnessed, the consequences to the economy, to these massive businesses and corporations that own huge billions and billions of dollars worth of stake that, you know, there isn't free energy, that you have to pay for your energy somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. The, the, the idea with this tech suppression stuff is that the world's governing powers are actively working in concert to suppress any technology that could topple the status quo. At a fascinating conversation with some folks about this uh, a long time ago, Matt, um, over at Georgia Tech. And it, it, the idea was, you know, at this time I was, I was pretty skeptical still of the idea of global tech suppression. Mm-hmm. I can see it happening in some countries, but not for extended period of time across the world. And I was talking to this friend of mine who said that he believed it definitely does happen and furthermore, here's where he got weird. He said it should happen because something as disruptive as free energy, you know, which people are literally dying to pay for now, mm-hmm. uh, something that fundamental to the current economic system becoming free, being out of that system would, uh, cripple economies. So people would have free power, but they wouldn't be able to get food or they wouldn't be able to find shelter. And while I see that argument, I think that it is self-serving and short-sighted mm-hmm. if this stuff is true. And that's this this part, by the way, guys, is entirely my opinion. But the concept is frightening. The concept that there would be uh, some group of interest that would rather the world exist as a place of suffering, inequality, and artificial scarcity of resource is um is just, it's horrifying. I mean, you know, it's not even a rain in hell versus serve in heaven thing. It's a rain in hell versus be a regular person yeah, in just a slightly, a yeah, in a slightly better world. So it's been alleged since ancient times, you know, you can read about people saying that the wheel was repressed in yeah. some cultures. Um, well, nowadays it's not that hard of a task to suppress technology because of our patent system. Mm, if you ah. control the patents, then you control the system. You know, I mean, in my eyes, at least, especially well, yeah. with the, some of these secretive patents that exist. Yeah, let's jump in. Like, w- that's what we should definitely end our episode on here. So skeptics, they say that there couldn't be, and I've been one of these before, they say that there couldn't be a... um an effective suppression campaign nowadays. There are too many people that would be required to keep this secret. And then also, if you were one of these governing interests, wouldn't you want to monetize the new tech? Wouldn't you want to um, make 
money and also, hey, be the guy who saves the world or the lady who gets the Nobel Prize for completely changing the world of physics. We, um, I mean, it's a, it's a really good point to make. Uh, people who support the idea of suppression would then note what happened with Warden Cliff Tower. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to step in to paint the scene there. Oh, no, that's fine. That's totally fine. I didn't mean to jump to Patton. No, 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 no. Well, tell me, tell me what's up with, uh, tell me what's up with Patton's, because this is something that we always try to point out, you and I, because a lot of people don't know this, and everybody should know this. Oh, yeah. Okay, so according to New Scientist, um, from 2008, in the year 2008, till the end of September in that year, a total of 68 new U.S. inventions were made secret, but only 22 of them, uh, against 53 from the previous year, came from what the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office calls John Doe's. These are private U.S. citizens who invent some kind of thing and then apply for a patent. You know, like a, somebody who makes something in their garage, like a true inventor. Sure. And this is not just in the United States. Technological suppression is real it is legal. You can get a gag order if you invent something. So in 15 NATO countries and also Australia and New Zealand, if you invent something, you can see your invention become uh, subject to government secrecy. Often you might not ever see it again for any useful time frame. And that's because if someone sees this invention as a threat to national security, its publication is legally suppressed until such a time as the threat is deemed to have lapsed. And, and you, you get a gag order slapped on you. Right. You can't even tell people that your invention has been suppressed. So um, this has th- this has some really interesting comparisons here. Um, if we look at how many patents are under wraps that we've, mm-hmm. we being um, the U.S., uh, the public, we've figured out uh, about how many have been applied and put under this gag order stuff. Do you want to hear the number, guys? It's huge. 5,002 estimated patents that have been kept under wraps. 5,002 possible huge game changers. Hmm. Okay. So uh, Thomas Edison had about 1,000 patents. So that's uh, that's about five Thomas Edison's. Yeah, five Thomas Edison's worth of stuff of who knows what it is. I can't tell you what it is. Ben mm-hmm. can't tell you what it is. Even the inventor can't tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah, the inventor is the one who will get in trouble. We could guess yeah. and just get a talking to, perhaps. So this, so here we are in 2014, and we know that technology can be suppressed effectively. And when... You know, before we run off the rails and say that Uncle Sam is keeping the world in a, a dark age of fossil fuels, well, what we do have to realize is that a lot of these patents could become secret because somebody stumbled upon something that DARPA or the NSA was already working on. You know what I mean? Or we have to say that Uncle Sam is GE and Uncle Sam <laughs> is the energy company. You know, that's, that's an, that's an interesting thing too, because. I mean, oh, oh. yeah, well, <laughs> that's a, that's a possibility that might be a story for a later day or a different podcast. What do you think? That's right. So we know that no matter what, regardless of whether Moray's, uh, whether Moray was a charlatan or a man ahead of his time, 
Uh, we know that technology suppression is real, and it's not just in the United States. It's all over the world. <sighs> I'm going to be thinking about this Murray guy and this machine for a while. Mm-hmm. I really want to know. I want to know if something worked. Yeah, it's interesting to wonder if somebody discovered some sort of, what if this is real? Someone discovered a solid state detector in their garage, applied for a patent, and they legally cannot tell us about it. Uh, and what if they're one of many? Yeah. You know, to me, that's this, the, the weird thing is that it is possible, if not plausible, that this thing, if it is real, has been ex- invented multiple times and suppressed multiple times. Can you imagine being at the patent office and going, uh, another one? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I wonder how many times they have to replace the, the patent office. The people. Frederick device. <laughs> one day, these one pe- day. These people are just putting their last names on the same thing. I have to give up hope though, because it's so easy to spread information now. That's uh, true. Although you spread something like this, you know, the number of people that will just dismiss it outright and go, Oh, it's a crazy person. Yeah. Thinking they're doing this. Even if they, there truly was a revolutionary thing. Mm. The hardcore skeptic, I mean, the hardcore skeptic inside of me might even say, yeah, it's crazy talk. Uh, yeah, but we, we do know that at some point, uh, some of these things can be revealed and we just don't know the timeline. You know, it's, it's weird when you think about how many, uh, government secrets from the twenties and stuff remain classified. Dude. There really is, in this case, regardless of whether Murray's machine works or whether it's a hoax, there really is stuff they don't want you to know. Nice, Ben. Oh, I don't know. That was really nice. Oh, thanks, <laughs> hey, all right, guys. So if, if you want to talk about this stuff with us, you can find us on Facebook. We are Conspiracy Stuff there. You can also find us on Twitter. We're at Conspiracy Stuff. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 